This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we're qualified London Blue Badge tourist guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. I nearly messed it up. You did, but let's keep going. Go. You, we, uh, <laughs> no, definitely you can find us on Instagram <laughs> at Ladies Who London podcast and on our websites, guideemily.com and alexlazy.com as well as our dedicated website ladiesolondon.com for the weekly blog and all information about our upcoming tours and what we're up to and hello hello how are you i am feeling good feeling yeah feeling funky today feeling funky of all things i mean yeah. you dress like where's wally <laughs> i am actually or where's that. waldo for our american, for our I've american got my, yeah i've got my red and white striped top on for you yeah i can't see you though i have found you yes you have i'm here hello hello how have you been i've been well i you've been I, working you, a bit haven't you would you believe i've actually been working oh it's amazing yes so i worked over the weekend um some pretty long hours plus i got up at silly o'clock about 4 30 to watch the boxing the fury <laughs> wilder fight oh really i didn't, hadn't even a clue that was a thing <laughs> oh it's brilliant i love like, me a, like bit, a of bit of mindless violence don't you <laughs> oh it's just something about it i don't know i just really really enjoy it so who was um, it it was uh, Tyson Fury and right. Dante Wilder. Dante Wilder. And who won? Fury. Okay. Yeah, at the eleventh round. Oh. So okay. yeah, pretty uh, pretty intense. Well, um, well so... done, Fury. I guess. I yeah. <laughs> I assume winning is the right thing. I mean, yeah, knows? absolutely. <laughs> Gypsy King all the way. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> no idea what you're on about. <laughs> oh, and you? You've had a good weekend. Good I've week. had a good weekend. I don't. Yeah, I did a thing. I did a thing. Did yesterday, you do a thing? Which was my birthday present from my friends who bought me a zookeeper for a day experience at colchester zoo which i have been wanting to do for years what the hell i've got to go for a day yeah i got to go backstage at the zoo and i fed <gasps> cheetahs and um hyenas and elephants and oh it was amazing gosh. and i loved it it was great what did you feed the hyenas 
um meat we kind of we chunks of horse meat that we put around the the um enclosure that they're in and then they come in and they go and like find it and stuff oh my and, god so not just the... on your hand no waiting no. for them elephants to we did chop yeah down. elephants were just you know oh, feeding them oh it was so much fun and Komodo dragons and oh it was brilliant yeah oh, and which zoo was this it's Colchester. Colchester zoo which was oh, a great zoo actually never been there um but oh, yeah, it was brilliant. So that was my that was my Monday. Oh, um, and did you get that because this is something that you've always wanted to do, a little sideline yes. job? Well, do you know what? When I was a kid, I wanted to be a zookeeper. Oh, babe, you still can. I'm a, I'm a lost to the world of zookeeping. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm a bit of a, a bit animal mad, and so my friends, because it was a big birthday this year, they rather sweetly clubbed together and bought me that. So it was oh, great. I love fun. that. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Did you get to like wear the uniform? No, oh. none of that. None of that. No. But you know, I got to feed the cheetahs and and hyenas are unexpectedly cute i didn't know this hyenas oh. are fluffy and lovely they're meant to be a little bit vicious though aren't they don't cross a hyena well, they say I mean, yeah th- we didn't go in with them we didn't pet them no <laughs> but they're not as you know don't listen to the lion king they're not as nasty as the lion king would have you believe oh there you go they're lovely oh, yeah, wow intriguing what a but unique weekend. weekend. I know, it was fantastic. It was lovely. And then lots of work. I've been working uh, working my little socks off. And I have you to have. say hi because today and uh, tomorrow I'm working with a lovely group of ladies. Um, a lady called uh, Rebecca who guided, who, who toured with me in my very first year of guiding. And she brought her friends back and asked for me, which is lovely. Very so nice. we've, we had a great day today and I'm with them again tomorrow. And they've promised they're going to start listening to the podcast if I give them the shout out. So Yay! hello to you all. Hi to Rebecca and all of the lovely ladies um so you now have to listen to the podcast that's the that's the deal well hello ladies well i've got a bit of a shout out oh yeah um this is a shout out to michelle martin um who sent a lovely little uh hi michelle a lovely little message saying that um she was a bit annoyed that she was all caught up on all the episodes because now she has to wait a whole week before the next one which (laughs) i (laughs) we're not increasing the frequency i can tell you that for nothing increasing it michelle but i thought that was lovely it's a lovely message from from lovely michelle oh well hi michelle thanks for listening (laughs) yeah now we have to we have some business to clear up from the last two weeks don't we right well yes So obviously, two weeks ago—is it two weeks ago now? I guess it is. Yeah, it is. One week ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Um, I forgot to put up the polls for um, the Shocking. podcast Shocking. pedestal. I know. I know. Kick you out, so frankly. Last Sunday, um, I put up two polls. Yep. It went crazy. <laughs> I put up two polls, and I put it up on the Ladies Who London podcast, and then obviously Alex puts it up on hers. I did my and job I, correctly. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I thought that I put it up on mine, but. Um, it seems to have disappeared. <laughs> what a fail. So, what a so fail. The, whatever the results are, I mean, obviously, if it goes in my way, then things are fine. But if it goes in your way, I just want <laughs> people so to know You are so just like covering that. your bum right here, aren't you? Yeah, if I don't win, it's because I didn't put the poll up. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. In bold, underline that, because that's what it is. Oh, so we'll see what the results are, but I'm going to take this whole story thing now with a pinch of salt <laughs> oh okay are you now are you now? so if you win both of them that then, then i'll be taking it with a big old pound the back to me <laughs> well okay so we've got two to clear up haven't we because we um because emily failed one job she's got one job <laughs> hey come on i do the instagram that's a pretty big that's job very true that's very true <laughs> anyway 
<laughs> so the first one was the SS Great Eastern, where we uh, you talked all about the fantastic, massive big boat that mm-hmm. Isambard Kingdom Brunel created, and the options for that. Now you are a rivet fan, massive as we ascertained rivet from fan. the um, episode about who? Sutton Who. When you, when you you went rivet mad and you went rivet mad again on this one for the rivet gangs where there were mm. thousands of people weren't there just all hammering rivets in yes I thought it had been far too long that I'd mentioned the word rivet on the yep. podcast had to be so, done so had to be done so I and went for my, the rivet gangs my option was the launching in sideways because it was such a huge ship they could not launch it in front ways this is one of the first ships in the world to have to be and I think some of you might have seen the Instagram I put in the stories the video oh, I mentioned the good, video Alex. that was good that was good spent ages watching these oh, amazing yeah. massive tankers being launched in sideways so I popped that on the uh, mm. the stories um, on our the Instagram so I think so I saw that it was so good it's so mm. um, sort of um, what's the word uh, riveting um, oh nice nice yeah like that so it has gone 59% 41% which way do you think it's gone do you reckon oh god it's... I think it's gone sideways <laughs> it's gone sideways <laughs> Well, you know, you've got to keep going with the rivets. At some point, you you, you know, it's going to work. You're going to get a rivet one. It, on this one, you didn't. I won this oh, one, 59%. So that's both of my, both both my your two rivets. rivet options. Crashing and burning. washout. Okay. So that is one more for me. One more for you. I don't even know what the score is. Really. I, we've I have lost track. Of, I mean, little while. who knows? Um, and then last week's one was the Spitfire sisters. So the three yes. women who were all linked in some way, in very different ways, um, but in some way too, the development, the creation, and also the flying of uh, the Spitfire, the very famous Spitfire plane. So we have the Schneider Trophy, which was Lady uh, Lucy Houston's uh, thing. So she she funded the British entry into the Schneider Trophy, which then allowed uh, the development of the Spitfire engine. And you went for a very different one, didn't you? In fact, a completely different person. I did. So I went for Hazel Hill, but Hazel Hill at the age of 13 being asked by her father for help um, to basically build this Spitfire. So, um, yeah, I just loved that. I loved that this this father (laughs) was just... It really is. And actually, I do think I've won this one. Do you now? It's gone mm. 75%, 25%. So it's a it's a whitewash, whichever wow. way it's gone. But you reckon you you've you smashed this, right? I think I have smashed it. Even even though you didn't put the pole up on yours. Even that's how cocky I feel right now. I forgot <laughs> that I put that. Even though I only put it up a couple of days ago, I forgot that option. And actually it's a really good one. So I'm gonna say that I smashed it. Well, your cockiness is very well placed because yeah! you won it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. That's a been great image, isn't it? Over that would have been a big tumble dad. down a mountain, a mountain of conversation. Um, oh. Brilliant. Thank you. Well done. Very much. Well That's done one both each. of us. One, one each. each. Well one done both each. of us. Well done. That's nice and uh, nice and even, isn't it? Nice Honestly, even. if you if I'd have won both of those, I cannot even imagine the filthy mood that you would be in. I just oh, can't. It would be filthy. You would have been, yeah. Mm. <laughs> But anyway, what are we on to this week? It was, it's your week this week. You span it. I span it, like I always do. And it landed in Rotherhive. Yes. Coming home. It's coming home. Coming home. And the last time we were in Rotherhive, actually, no, we've been in Rotherhive a lot because I spoke about the Sorters yep. and also the Brunel Tunnel. Did you make the Rotherhive section slightly larger on the wheel, which means it, it landed in our... In a... <laughs> Just because it takes over 75% of the wheel, Alex. <laughs> 
doesn't mean you need to bring it up. So what are you talking about this week? Or who are you talking about, rather? Well, I'm actually talking about two people this week. Yes, hello. So I'm going to be talking, um, firstly, about a man called Prince Lebu. um, And then I'm going to be talking about a man called Oh My. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't. You're keeping that. Cheeky surprise. Yeah. Come on then. Right. I'm comfortable. Okay, fabulous. So um, we are currently in St. Mary's Churchyard. I mean, not currently, but you know. I'm at home, where are you? Visualise here. (laughs) Did you not know? Can you not see the grave (laughs) behind me? I'm outside. Um, No, so in Rotherhive, you've got St. Mary's Church, 18th century church, and this um, quite small now, it's changed quite a lot, graveyard. And there's actually a slide which um, kind of goes right towards the graves, doesn't it? Like a kid's slide, right? Like a kid's slide, um, which is a bit strange. And um, it almost falls in the direction, or if you're a child going down the slide, fall in the direction of a grave to Prince Lee Boo. And this story takes us back to... 1740 because we're going to talk about a man called henry wilson who was a naval captain um have you heard of this man before i have not no so he was a naval captain for the british east india company and (laughs) (laughs) right okay (laughs) A Um, a lot of history that comes with a lot of history that comes with this one so um so he lived in rotherhive and he was in charge of a vessel called the antelope Ah, yes. Yes. Why have I heard of... Yes. I have heard of the antelope, and I can't think why. Carry on. Well, I have to say there are so many ships which have been named the antelope. Probably not this one, though. (laughs) Okay. Maybe not this one. So, um... On the antelope, Henry Wilson and the crew are are coming back from China and they're uh, they're coming back to Britain and they needed to go through the Eastern Passage, which was basically a route designed to avoid the monsoon. But whereabouts is the Eastern Passage? uh, Not too far from China. Okay, all right. Um, It's in the Pacific. Right. Um, But unfortunately, they strayed too far and they ended up basically um, in this little set of islands. You've got six islands. They're known as the Shuton Islands, very close to Papua New Guinea. Um, And unfortunately, the natives there were not very warm and friendly to Henry and the crew. To the point. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) Right? Um, So. Brits going around the world all over the place in ships going, hello, we're British, we're coming in. And (laughs) I wonder why why the locals are not that happy to see them. Exactly. So um, they ended up having to use the small arms that they had on board (gasps) because. There was a there was well quite a big threat to their lives and actually there was an artist on board. Have you heard of Arthur William Devis? Oh, that's ringing a very vague bell, but I can't figure out why. Okay, I'm sure you would have heard of him because he painted the Death of Nelson. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm with you now. Quite a famous painting. He was actually at the autopsy of Nelson's body. So oh, was um, he? I didn't know yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And he also painted Emma Hamilton. Yeah. Um, he exhibited quite a lot at the Royal Academy of Arts. Anyway, he was enlisted on board the Antelope as a draftsman um, and got attacked uh, by these islanders who were throwing arrows left, right and centre. And he actually got one through his jaw. Oi. 
Yeah, now he survived that and ended up going to Bengal where he ended up um, continuing to paint and painted while he was there quite a famous judge called Sir William Jones. And this painting actually hangs in the British Library. Oh, really? Mm. And he um, it's obviously okay because he managed to find his way back to England <laughs> because he's buried um, in St. Giles' graveyard. Oh, really? Yeah, close to Tottenham Court Road. Yes. With, the, uh, with the arrow through his jaw as well. Yeah, still there, absolutely. <laughs> Keep it as a, as a talking point, you know. Yeah. Um, now, after this fight with the islanders, they eventually got back in their ship and managed to, you know, continue on the journey. The ship was then wrecked um, against an island. So you've got another set of little islands known as, back then, the Palau Islands, now pronounced the Palau Islands. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. we're situated in the western part of the Pacific Ocean at this mm. point. Um, today, if you go there, it's quite well known for its coral reef, um, lots of sharks, apparently, which doesn't deter people from going diving there uh, from the looks of things. But um, <laughs> For a lot of people, that's a plus, isn't it? Well, true. Frankly, I would be a million miles away from that, but yeah. Well, no, <laughs> I'm into it. I mean, you're talking to someone who's got a, a shark tattoo. I'm that's true, you that. have, haven't yes, you? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of the island itself, had islanders or had Europeans visited this island before? So um, Spain had claimed ownership of this set of islands, but it was actually Wilson's crew that was the first to make contact. And this contact with the islanders was a friendly contact. Right. Oh, good. And thankfully, there were a couple of members of the crew who spoke Malay, which is a language spoken in that part of the world at the time. So they were able to communicate with the We're not going to have another mutiny on the bounty situation where nobody wants to leave because all the women are really, are really hot and they don't want to go, are we? No, but I do, okay. funnily enough, mention the bounty a little bit later. Oh, all right. Yes, that comes into the story later on. Um, they did have a dog on board and the presence of the ship's dog might have helped, um, I don't know, the, the two groups of people to engage because oh, really? apparently the, the islanders had never seen a dog before. And this was a, no, a Newfoundland dog named Sailor. Oh, they're massive. Why would you take one of those on board ship? I don't know. Enormous. No idea. I've got a lot of food for it and things. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Henry Wilson was introduced to who he believed to be the, the ruler or the king of um, well, that particular island that they were on, which was called Karor. And his name was Abba Tool or Ibidul or also known as Rupak, which is why there is a street name in Rotherhive called Rupak. Really? I always wonder where that street name came from. Yeah, Rupak Street. it's completely unusual. Yeah, there we go. Which um, I think it was named in the early 1900s, that street. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Um, every day's a school day. Every day's a school day. Now, they got on and Henry Wilson and the crew ended up staying on the island for three months. And they basically created a whole new vessel um, out of the, the one that was shipwrecked, but also from taking down quite a few trees and and uh, help from the islanders to basically create a new ship, which is just, you know, just amazing, really. Yeah. Um, and as they were there for quite some time, Henry Wilson got to know the islanders, and in particular, one young man who was called Princely Boo. Ah, and this was the second son of Abatool. Right. And Prince Labu was very inquisitive. He wanted to find out what England was like, what what kind of food Henry Wilson ate, what was his home like, like apparently just asking so many different things to the point that 
when it was time to go back, he asked his father, Abatul, if he could go back to England with Henry Wilson. And it's, I'm trying to think, you know, that is a massive step because it's such a huge, long journey back. And of course, you're used to, you know, these diamond blue oceans and the beautiful sand and the tropics. But I guess you you come to London and you get the the stench and the filth and the fetid Thames and all that. (laughs) During that time. But then I guess, you know, maybe because he'd been there all his life, he didn't think of that area being you know paradise in his mind because that's all he knew so. <laughs> I don't think it would take, take long in London to realize that actually that is pretty paradise well yeah. um so in the end he left and um he came into Portsmouth so the dates here were in 1784 so arrived. did he leave with that crew he left with the crew with that crew yeah yeah right. on their new ship which was called HMS Morse so the antelope is no more they practically oh. got a new ship he says goodbye to his father um, and unfortunately, that's the last time he's ever going to see his father again. Yeah, I can imagine because it might seem great to go to England and do all that, but that like, that's a long way away, and you've got no guarantee you're going to be able to get home because you can't just jump on a plane or hire a boat or whatever. Like that's a big, big choice, isn't it? It's a huge choice, isn't yeah. it? Now, he ends up coming to Rotherhive because Henry Wilson lives in Rotherhive. And he says, well, look, you know, you're obviously going to come and live with me and my family. I'm not just going to yeah. dump you off in London and go, OK, there you go. You can experience it on your own now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he charmed London society. He was dubbed the Black Prince. Okay. Um, and there's another famous Black Prince that we know of, isn't there? Yes. This is not the the Black Prince, who is the son of Edward III father of Richard II but that so that's the official kind of no, one who's known as the Black Prince but yes named because of his armour his armour yes. being jet Whereas black this one is obviously named because of his skin colour yes so the Black Prince um, he had uh, poise and intelligence and just wanted to learn as much as possible he attended church ceremonies he went to parties and he went to a European school for seven months okay but unfortunately after that he died of smallpox so it's not a very good ending no it's not a good ending so he was like the, the toast of society then was he because uh, you know at the time there i mean people often think there weren't any people of color in um london in the 1700s and there absolutely were mm, absolutely but not that many in the sort of entwined in of society yes exactly Yes. And there are some lovely images online. There's um, almost this kind of storyboard, which um, I'll put it up on Instagram, which shows Prince Labou coming from uh, the islands and then coming into Portsmouth. And you can see in these little pictures how his dress changes and suddenly he's, he's wearing this white wig and he's got his tailcoats and, you know, and he's going to these parties and suddenly he's not underneath the sunshine, he's underneath a chandelier and his you know it's really really sweet so and how old was he when he died then he was 20 oh my goodness yeah so so young and That's i get you know trying to get that information back to his father as well you know that's not going to be easy yeah um and there was I mean, how did they do that did they manage to get word back to his father I don't know. I presume if there was some kind of expedition, then Henry Wilson, perhaps, if not him, then maybe if he was connected with somebody that was going close by, would want to they're not to going to be sending, uh, you know, post over there, are they? For No, a carrier pigeon's not going to go that far. <laughs> no. 
Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and there was a book, there was a book written all about this and it was called An Account of the Palau Islands, obviously now Palau, situated in the western part of the Pacific Ocean. And this was by George Keat and it was so popular that it was actually translated in over 20 languages. Oh, wow. Yeah, between 1780s and the 1850s. And the author's daughter, um, Georgiana, she actually was responsible for a portrait of Prince Labu, which is on the front cover of the book. And if you Google Prince Labu, it's pretty much the first yeah, image that, that comes up. Yeah, and she, so she met him, and this was basically from memory, and she produced this image 15 months after he died. And so, how long was he in London before he died? So he was in London for just seven months. Really? Yeah, just seven oh, months. The poor lad. I know. But then you think if you've um you know, in terms of your immune system suddenly coming into a completely different place, your yeah. body's not gonna be able to handle these sorts of diseases, especially when it comes to smallpox. Yeah. Which I mean, smallpox would have been... got got you know, Europeans as much as anything as anything else. But it's it's whenever you hear about Westerners or people kind of going and taking over lands like, you know, for example, the classic one is um, um, going over to what is now America and, and basically bringing European bugs and, and infections to uh, the Native Americans who were there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's that classic thing, and, and yeah. they, that's why they say now there are very few, aren't there, um, Indigenous people who still live kind of off the grid and and don't don't go in there and don't sort of go and in, uh, and sort of interfere with them because you will bring in bugs that they're not used to and that'll just yeah. wipe them out mm. and if you remember from our little episode on the Sorter family mm. um during this time up until kind of early 1900s this part of london was a slum you know yeah. it was yeah, it was a very very infectious part of london so even though henry wilson obviously had a bit of money and was quite well known in society uh, he lived in an area where there were diseases like smallpox which was um, rapidly um, spreading and killing quite a few people and because there were so many people in one you know in one space that uh, mm. gosh yes so this brings us on to the next person that i want to talk about because yeah. this person doesn't uh, connect to rotherhive but it it started um i started thinking about all sorts of different people that had come over or i'm sure had come over from uh, you know various islands and when expeditions took place uh, lots of people being brought over to britain and one man who who became the second pacific islander to visit europe the Ooh. first was a man called ahu toru who was brought to paris but the first to be brought to britain um not too far before prince labu we're talking about 10 years before was a man called omai okay and this is spelled o-m-a-i Right, I've not heard about him at all. Okay, so he was known as Hoa, which basically means attendant to the king. Okay. And unfortunately, his father was killed by Bora Bora warriors, um, which made him flee to Tahiti. Okay. 
And it's during this time when uh, uh, somebody called Captain James Cook. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and also his kind of right-hand man, Samuel Wallace, who was the first, um, who was the man to record a visit to navigate um, his way to Tahiti, the first person to navigate his way there, Samuel Wallace. Mm. So Amai um, met these two men, and these two men were very much taken with him. He was quite like Prince Labu in the fact that he just wanted to know absolutely everything about Britain and everything mm. about what these men were doing. So um, they invited him on their ship, which was HMS Adventure. Oh, okay. I was expecting... <laughs> oh! <laughs> Great name for a ship. Yes, it is, Alex. Great name for a ship. Great name for a ship. Um, so, and HMS Adventure. Have you heard of HMS Adventure? Uh, it's an important ship. D- oh, gosh maybe but I can't think of it so she was the first to circumnavigate the globe from west to east oh yes of course of course of course yes yes a bit like the sort of same thing of of earlier of that guy going it's in my brain somewhere and I can't figure out what it's linked to yes yes Um, so I'm I on HMS adventure travelled to England first coming in to Portsmouth in 1774 into Portsmouth again um which I you know in the late 1700s I wonder what it would have looked like it would be amazing I mean yeah. it would have been I busy mean, are, and bustling there are quite and... a few ships there now because you've got HMS Warrior and the Victory there now yeah I guess yeah. that area was such a big port yeah there would have been yes yeah, so much going on so much going on um now after coming to um england they then come to london and suddenly he's in the care of a man that we have spoke of a few times um joseph banks oh right okay i thought you were gonna say samuel johnson (laughs) oh no (laughs) no but samuel johnson um is somebody who oh my uh met well, it's around that time, oh, really? isn't it? So okay. if you're going to yeah, meet yeah. Um, affluent people in London, Samuel yeah. Johnson's <laughs> Samuel probably going to be there having a couple of ports, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of trees. Um, so if you haven't heard of Joseph Banks, he was responsible for Q. Um, he also was responsible, or one of the men responsible, for Captain William Bly's trip to Tahiti. Oh, to get the breadfruits. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, also Chelsea Physic Garden, which is another yep. episode that we mentioned. We oh, did. It's probably about half a year ago now. Probably longer, actually. Um, anyway, oh my. It's all coming back around, isn't it? It's all coming, yeah. it's all linking in. He was presented, and this was just a couple of days after coming to London, presented to the king at the time, King George III and his wife, Queen Charlotte, at Kew. Mm. Apparently declaring, how do King Tosh? What? <laughs> <laughs> this is what apparently oh my said. How do Amazing. King Tosh? <laughs> with a distinctive bow now it doesn't it, it doesn't say exactly what was distinctive about it oh. how would you imagine his bow would I mean be? lots of flourishes maybe I mean was he was he taking the mick out of the way that the English did it or was he doing his own thing I don't know I mean I like um, to think like you know one of those so Pacific Islanders let's think about this what would a Pacific Islander do as a distinct as a as a distinctive bow? I mean, unless it, oh my goodness, unless it was some kind of you know hucker kind of thing. Well, yeah, because of course, you know, oh, I don't know. It could have I'm, been. Like- I'm going to imagine him that he's doing a really sort of over the top, like flourishy kind of yeah, t- making fun of of the kind of English way of just. I'm, I'm going to yeah go with that. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I imagine that he would have been, I mean, at this point as well, he's been there for a couple of days, dressed in some fine fabrics and looking rather regal, I would imagine. And probably not... He's probably going to be making fun of it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of bending over, and you know when you kind of like put your head in between your knees and put your hand through, through your legs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, we're going back to your birthday party from a couple of weeks ago, aren't we? That's what you went for. Yes. At the end of the night. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just love that. Hilarious. Um, how do King Tosh? I love how it. do how do King Tosh? <laughs> Sounds quite normal, doesn't Why it? How Tosh? do how I just do? think that's hilarious? How do King Tosh? But I mean, the king obviously was pretty pretty okay about it because he gave him a huge allowance of money. He gave him lodgings in London, oh. and um, yeah, and because of this, of course, you know, if the king is doing something and accepting someone, then everyone's like, oh my god, who is this person? And he immediately became. Um, you know this uh, exotic traveller that everybody wanted yeah. to meet um, people wrote about him in the paper there were lots of sketches which were made of him there were little songs and ditties um, so yes he was much admired they were in... always so obsessed with kind of the exotic weren't they then so people mm. that come from far flung places that is so completely different to the norm of what they'd be seeing particularly people of different skin tones yes um, you know it's it's always they always yeah, it's amazing how many of them they do take to heart. And of course, I'm not going to say there's no discrimination because there obviously would have been some, yeah. particularly into the Victorian era. But like, yeah, it's really interesting how they sort of, they yeah. And I guess it's this kind of inquisitive time as well, isn't it? As we go to the 18th century of people kind of starting to broaden their mind outside Mm. of Britain, especially in terms of trade and seeing fabrics and seeing different foods coming in and questioning who are the people, um, you know, behind these countries. And so, yes, so... He was very well known for his charm. He had apparently a quick wit, um, quite an attractive person as well. Mm. Kind of, quite an attractive. I already like the idea of him with his "How do King Tosh" and the fabulous "How do King Tosh" yes. and, the, and the ridiculous, <laughs> uh, ridiculous bowing. I, I, I think, yeah, he'd be fun. Yeah. So he met all sorts of people. So he dined with Lord Sandwich. Um, you mentioned Samuel Johnson, um, painters and different people of the theatre as well. He loved the theatre, apparently. Loved watching productions. Um, apparently ran up quite a quite a high tailor's bill. Oh, really? Yes. Go on. And he was painted by Sir Joshua Reynolds. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that and this- is, you know, a token of acceptance isn't it really yeah massively so he wasn't commissioned to do so and it didn't actually go anywhere it was found in his studio after he passed away Reynolds that Um, fabulous one of him in in yes yes so just covered in fabric really really beautiful I'll put a picture up on Instagram of that as well if I can I can remember (laughs) and and, and my blog will pop it as well yeah but um, in 2001 I'm just fasting forward for a second before I go back um, this painting was actually sold and at the time it was the second highest price ever paid for a British picture really yeah do you want to guess what it went for oh okay Uh, highest Second highest. Oh my god! What what was the first highest? So the first was uh, John Constable. And two thousand and what you said? Two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. Hmm. What would a constable go for? I mean, I can't figure out it being thousands or the millions. But I mean, I'm going to go thousands. Let's say 
£750,000. £9.4 million. Get out of town. Mm. Really? Yeah. One of the constable paintings went for £10.7 million. Oh, I mean, I should have thought into the millions, but I was... And that, <laughs> was, only ni- that was in 1990. Wow. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? That's amazing. And who bought it? Do we know? Is it a private collector? Is it a... So, um, it was an Irish collector who purchased it. And yeah. at some point, the Tate, the Tate Britain... Um, did try to buy it for oh. I think around twelve million. Um, but oh, so even it, more than he'd paid for it then. Even more than wow. he paid for it, but he he didn't say yes. He didn't okay. say yes to it. So it was in the National Gallery of Ireland for quite some time, yeah. and I'm not 100 percent sure where it is now. But I think it has been to quite a few galleries, quite a few different places. But it's obviously you know quite a quite a treasured piece that lots of people want. And is that the one, because I remember seeing in the press at the time, um, is that the one that was re- denied the licence to leave the UK? Yes, 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 okay. yes. Well, I don't know where it is now then, but I no. think it's back in the UK now, I think. Um, oh, interesting. We'll have to do some digging yes, to find out where it is, where we can see it. Down. Yeah. Hunt that down. Um, now, Ome, he ended up going back to Tahiti. Oh, he so, did. Yes, so he did. So, ended up going back to Tahiti. He was actually on Cook's third voyage out to Tahiti. Oh, right. Um, and in 1776, um, there was this wonderful theatrical performance which was written um, all about Omai, and it was called A Voyage Round the World. Um, and it was by a man called John O'Keefe, apparently very, very popular. And this was played at the Theatre Royal in Covent Garden. Oh, wow. Yeah. So okay. very, very big. So and had he gone back? At the, how long was he in, in London for, do you know? 1774 he came. So he went back in 1777 in okay. the end. Um which it must be wonderful because actually this theatre production was on whilst he well, was, was in London, whilst he yeah. was there. So that must have been quite exciting. Um, so he left in 1777. Um, so he was there a good few years. Yeah. Well, no smallpox for him then. That's lucky. No. No smallpox for him. So he ended up going back and back with him... Um, was furniture, port wine, gunpowder, muskets, bullets, uh, a hand, <laughs> organ, um, tin soldiers, a globe of the world, kitchenware, all oh sorts of goodness. fancy good animals as well. And I guess you could fit all sorts. You I know, because the idea of like a dining table and chairs suddenly sitting in an <laughs> island in Tahiti. Like just... <laughs> or that he doesn't know that he's getting all these gifts. Finally says goodbye to Cook and he's like, hang on a minute, oh my, got a present for you. <laughs> Out comes a horse, <laughs> just like... <laughs> so much behind him the horse wearing a suit of armour and all Love sorts it. where am I, I going to put this yeah what am I going to do with a hand organ in Tahiti <laughs> so good isn't it oh it's fantastic um, and in 1789 was when Captain William Bly ends up going to Tahiti and at this point when he goes there he was told because he would have known Omai yeah um, he was told that Omai had died Oh, and that was right. about two and a half years, they say, after Cook's departure in 1777. Wow. Yeah, oh, so my died goodness. about 1779. So how old would he have been then? Couldn't have been that, that old. Oh, I don't know. I'm not too sure of his age. He's pretty young in that portrait. So he yeah. Can't have been he can't young. have been maybe wow. mid-20s. So do we think then, because, of course... Um, when William Bly went there, they had a bit of an issue, didn't they, at the start? The, the islanders didn't really uh, they weren't particularly fond of them and they they 
run into a few issues. Um, did they come into any problems with the fact they'd given them like guns and bullets and stuff? God, <laughs> maybe. Gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah, possibly so. Oh my goodness, I hadn't realised that uh, the link between those two. That's amazing. Yeah, or, I mean, Bly might have, you know, spoken really highly of Oh My and actually yeah. shown how maybe quite uh, upset and quite shocked he was to hear that Oh My had died because yeah. perhaps he went there in the hope that he was going to see him. And then when the Islanders found out that Bly obviously knew Oh My, yeah. then maybe they were a little bit um, a little bit softer with him yeah. and his crew. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. Yeah, so there we go. That's my that's my two men today. That's fantastic. I love the link of, of being just these solitary men who the, the Brits, you know, as we do, sort of turn up places and go, what ho? And uh, and one of them from each, on each occasion is like, I, I, this, this, this sounds like a, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So it's that thing of going, I'm, I've got that, you know, wanderlust spirit and I'm going to go and see what other stuff is. But um, poor Prince Lee Boo. I mean, it's really sad to kind of arrive and then within a year just be got by, uh, by smallpox. And you know what? It is, and I was over there today, actually. I was doing a Robber Hive tour and I spoke about Prince Lee Boo. And it's so... It's quite emotional, actually, being right next to his tomb. It's a beautiful mm. tomb as well, and it's surrounded by um, these kind of iron bars. So it's almost in this kind of protective zone. And, and it's a playground. The only, <laughs> and a playground as well. But it's the only grave within the churchyard of St Mary's that has this kind of protective barrier. And I did see a picture of this lovely little kind of Polynesian little kind of tiny mini house that had all sorts of uh, paintings kind of yellow and red and blue it's not there today but I saw it online so obviously at some point um, I don't know I could imagine that some people would have travelled maybe yeah. from uh, Karor from the Palau Islands and really wanted to see this grave and left that left that there um, so it is fascinating that he's in London that he's buried there yeah how, such a how amazing yeah. and and yeah it's, I love this idea that we've sort of been going around and exploring the world and, and some of the people they met are going, actually, I want to do that too and I want to come back and I want to see it for myself and, mm. and kind of lucky, really, for Oh My that he was able to get back to Tahiti. Yes, yeah, very lucky. I think, I mean, really lucky that he was on such good terms mm. with Cook because obviously Cook was going backwards and forwards to that part of the world anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, Amazing. there you go. Thank you so much. Thank you're, you. You're welcome. You are welcome. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast Pedestal. Well, what are we going to so, pick? Uh, what are we going to go for? I think I know what I'd like to go for, but I'm okay. going to let you say first because you oh. always let me say first. I do, but I'm struggling this week with what to pick. So I, I, I am actually going to get you to say yours because it might then sort of prod me in the right direction. Ah, okay. Um, so I am going to go for the Joshua Reynolds painting of Oh My. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. That's a good one, I think, because that's, you know, I like that that is 
of him. We know then what he looked like and, and all of that. And the fact that he's high enough up in, in society to be able to get his portrait painted. And still in 2001, people are willing to pay nearly £10 million for it. Absolutely. You know, so I love that this history, this this moment in time and this man that came to London yeah. is still being highly spoke about and loved. Yeah, absolutely. That's I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so let's go for Omar's portrait for you. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with what to pick. So you've gone for a bit of culture and art that was made from story of oh my i'm actually going to go for something else cultural i'm going to go for his the theater the voyage around the world theater piece that was done about him because i love that idea that he has sort of sparked uh, you know the public interest and public consciousness so much that they've written Mm. a piece of theater about him and also while he was there so that he could see it and he probably I like the idea that he's sitting in the audience going that's not what Tahiti looks like do you know what I mean like yeah we don't wear that and I kind of love that he might have just been sitting there going this is this is rubbish or this is totally not accurate or he might have loved it I mean who knows um but I think I'm going to go for that as the the bit of theatre piece we've got two different cultural offerings to pick from today one is the uh the picture of oh my and the other is the theatre performance because that would have been really handy in telling people about him mm-hmm. and also just getting the idea of people of colour and people of you know the Polynesian islands and, and from around the world in front of the general public they'd be going Absolutely. to the theatre and seeing this piece about this chap and mm. understanding educating more educating them yeah education really mm. through the means of theatre 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 Great. So that's what I'm going to go for. So it's going to be the theatre piece versus the portrait. The Reynolds portrait. Yeah. Amazing. Great. That's it for this week. Then, then the, that's those are your picks. Those, those are, are your picks. So if, if Emily remembers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if I remember. No, I will remember this week. I will remember. Amazing. Cool. So you got anything you're doing? Anything that people need to know about? Well, it is Black History Month and I do have this Sunday a Black Londoners tour, which Ooh. is, I have to say, one of my favourite tours. It's on Sunday at 11am and we talk about some of uh, London's uh, most influential people of colour. And, and Well, not just influential, but just people who have been, you know, a part of British society that aren't always talked about. And I've got only a couple of spaces left on my Saturday tour, which is Blood and Guts in Smithfield and Clark and Well. So we're talking about executions and and burning at the stake and all that kind of delightful stuff Lovely. on Saturday. So do come along and have a look at that. What about you, Em? Have you got anything happening? So in terms of tours, I'm just kind of open at the moment to say that I'm working on weekends. Cool. Uh, and if anybody wants to book me, um, they can do so. Yeah. Um, and also just in terms of my sketch history, um, if people wanted to check out my work, I'm on Instagram, sketch underscore history. Um, I've had a few people get in touch with me about sketches as gifts for Christmas. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to take commissions. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Pictures of Prince Lee Boo's tomb and all sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, anything you want. <laughs> the Wheel of Destiny. Well, so, the wheel we is poised. Yes. Are you ready for my finger? Uh, well, oh, hello. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's say yes, and I just hope that I, I know what's coming. <laughs> Great. I'll give it a little kiss beforehand. Oh, lovely. Thanks. Sorry. Hang on a minute. Let me just... uh... (laughs) 
Anyway, I'm just, I'm just gonna put my attention to what the What is world. with you today? I don't know. Okay, off we go. Oh, oh, has it landed here before? Oh, it must have. It's in Kensington, Alex. Kensington, yes, it has landed here before because we talked about Amelia Edwards. I think we linked to Kensington, oh, didn't we? I think we did. Um, and possibly another of our Victorian sort of um, adventurer women. Mm. But anyway, Kensington. Okay, cool. Um, Kensington palace is quite a good option there's loads of st- oh yes okay somebody who i've been wanting to talk about for a little while and it is black history month so that p- works perfectly is a lady who is linked i'm going to link her to kensington palace um because she is linking into queen victoria and this is a lady called sarah forbes bonetta mm. or if i'm going to give her her correct yoruba name is a mobba aina a mobba aina okay. and she is a goddaughter to Queen Victoria. And, well, the rest of the story you're going to have to wait for next week. It's a good story. She is very interesting. Oh, I haven't heard of her. And, yeah, we're going to have a little chat about her. We've, in fact, did we cover... Who else did we cover that was a goddaughter to... Oh, well, no, on Global Tea Wait, we talked about um, Sophia Duleep Singh, didn't we? Mm, yes. We haven't done that on the podcast yet. We might do that at some point. She's she's great. Um, but there are some very interesting people. Queen Victoria seemed to scoop up a whole variety of people to become godchildren to her, and they're often mm. children who've um, people who've come from abroad and who just sort of need a little bit of a a guiding hand. And she seemed to be quite interested by people who were not of white heritage, people that had come here from abroad, and mm. she scoops up quite a few of these people. Um, I think she was very fascinated by people from other cultures so uh sarah forbes bonetta or amaba aina uh is one of these so we're gonna discover her story next week perfect alex well Yay. looking forward to it fantastic great well, that's it for us for this week thank you all for coming along yes thank you everybody thank you thank See you, you next for week. messages as well yeah thanks for all your lovely messages do keep sending them on and please 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 if you get a second give us a review on on uh, itunes it you know the more five star reviews we get the more it gets out to people and we want to just keep getting out to people so yeah fantastic okay guys big love out there big love to you alex lacy big love to you emily dell Mwah. see you next week bye bye